Welcome to Nursing Sound Reports, a podcast offered by the Iowa Board of Nursing. I'm your host, Ann Ryan. Thanks for joining me. Today, Kathleen B. Bout, investigator for the Iowa Board of Nursing, is back to discuss the elements of nursing delegation. She has been with the board for 14 and a half years and has been an RN for 37 years. Welcome back, Kathleen. Hello. Can you explain what delegation is? Yes, delegation is a process where a nursing activity or procedure is transferred from a licensed nurse to someone else, called a delegatee. This may be another licensee or an unlicensed assistive personnel. Where do you find this rule? Iowa Administrative Code 655, Chapter 6.2, Sub 5, addresses the delegation process for the registered nurse. And Chapter 6.3, Sub 8, pertains to the licensed practical nurse. Now, these are the rules that apply in Iowa, but for those who travel or work in other states, are the rules different elsewhere? Yes. While fundamental concepts of delegation may be similar, the rules for delegation may vary from state to state. Nurses should always read the rules of the jurisdiction where they work, as well as the policies of the facility where they work. Kathleen, can you walk us through the process of delegation in regards to the RN? Yes. Just as nurses use the nursing process to guide us through nursing care, delegation is a similar process. The first thing to address is, are you delegating only those nursing tasks that fall within the delegatee's scope of practice, education, experience, and competence? Then the nurse would match the patient's needs and circumstances with the delegatee's qualifications, resources, and appropriate supervision. The third step is to communicate directions and expectations for completion of the delegated activity and then receive confirmation of understanding of the communication from the delegatee. The fourth step is to supervise by monitoring performance, progress, and outcomes and appropriate documentation. You've described the steps that pertain to the assignment of an activity. What are the steps then after the activity has been completed? The next thing the nurse will do is evaluate patient outcomes as a result of the delegation process, intervening when problems are identified, revising the plan of care when needed, and reassessing the appropriateness of the delegation comes next. It's important for the nurse to remember they always retain accountability for properly implementing the delegation process. The purpose of the delegation process and our rules are to promote a safe environment by providing appropriate monitoring and surveillance of the care environment, by identifying unsafe care situations and correcting problems or referring to management level when needed. It's important for the nurse to remember that they always retain accountability for properly implementing the delegation process. Finally, the purpose of the delegation process and our rules are to promote a safe environment by providing appropriate monitoring and surveillance of the care environment, by identifying unsafe care situations, and correcting problems or referring to management level when needed. Kathleen, what does it mean to retain accountability? It means that even when a task is delegated, the nurse still has accountability for the task and outcome. They need to follow up and make sure the task was completed. 
determine the outcome and implement any interventions if required. Finally, documentation must be completed. In addition to the Iowa rules, National Council of State Boards of Nursing and the American Nurses Association have a joint statement they updated in 2019 that provides some guidance as well. Kathleen, is there anything that you want to add about that statement? Yes. Um, the model provides helpful distinctions between assignments, which are routine care activities and procedures that are within the scope of practice of the RN or LPN, or part of the routine functions of assistive personnel, versus delegation, which may involve allowing a delegatee to perform a nursing activity, skill, or procedure that is beyond their traditional role also describes the role of employers and nurse leaders in the delegation process by developing policies and procedures related to delegation in specific work settings. Kathleen, what are the elements of RN nursing practice that cannot be delegated? The primary element that cannot be delegated is nursing judgment and decision-making. This includes the initial assessment and ongoing application of the nursing process, which must be retained by the RN. Other specific tasks that an RN may not delegate include the initiation and discontinuation of a midline catheter or a peripherally inserted central catheter, known as a PIC. It also includes administration of medication by bolus or IV push and administration of blood products. And we've been talking about delegation by the RN. How is this different when an LPN is delegating? The process is the same. However, the LPN may only delegate those tasks that fall within the scope of practice of an LPN. An LPN may delegate to another LPN or to an unlicensed assistive personnel. What about the activities that fall under the limited scope of practice for an LPN? Yes, Iowa Administrative Code 6.3 sub 5 specifies that an LPN under the supervision of an RN may engage in the limited scope of practice of intravenous therapy for which they have been educated on and have documentation of competency. Can you explain how the process is different than when delegating tasks to an unlicensed assistive personnel? Again, the process is the same, but the tasks are different. First, the nurse should ensure that the UAP, or Unlicensed Assistive Personnel, has the right education and training and has demonstrated competency. Does that mean the nurse has to watch the UAP demonstrate every task? No. Typically, if you work with someone regularly, you'd know what their competencies are. However, if the UAP is new or you don't know them, the nurse should ask if they had training or have been checked out on competency. Do the rules specify anything about communication between the person delegating and the person completing the task? Yes. The nurse needs to ensure they communicate expectations for completion of the activity as well as receive confirmation of understanding of that communication. Then, once the activity is complete, the nurse should evaluate the patient outcomes of the delegated task. Kathleen, can you give me an example of a task and walk us through that process? Sure. RN Betty has observed patient John has been dizzy when he stands up and wants to collect serial blood pressures both sitting and standing every four hours over her 12-hour shift. 
She plans to add this to other clinical observations that she has made to discuss with his healthcare practitioner. Betty decides to delegate this task to Josh, a certified nursing assistant. He is also on duty for the next 12 hours. Betty has worked with Josh and knows that he has the education, training, and demonstrated competency to obtain both sitting and standing blood pressures. The task itself does not require assessment, interpretation, or independent nursing judgment or decisions during the task. The task is consistent with Josh's scope of employment, it does not exceed the scope of practice of an LPN, and can be performed safely according to clear and specific directions. In Betty's judgment, this task poses minimal risk to the patient. Betty tells Josh that she wants him to take sitting and standing blood pressures every four hours and to document the standing and sitting results and the time that they were obtained. She tells Josh to report the blood pressures to her when he has completed the task each time. She tells Josh to call her immediately if the patient expresses dizziness, faintness, or any distress. She confirms with Josh that he understands her directions. Each time Betty receives the blood pressure data from Josh, she reevaluates the patient's status, the plan of care, and whether she wishes to continue to delegate this task to Josh. Can you share any examples when a nurse might potentially violate a rule? Sure. Brad, an LPN, is assigned to pass medications to a hallway of patients on a busy shift. In order to make the medication passing more efficient, Brad decides to have Larry, who is a CNA, assist him by delivering the patient medications that Brad has prepared and placed into a pill cup for each patient. He then asks Larry to report back that the patient took the medications. Administering medications is not within Larry's scope of employment, his education, training, or competency. Not only has Brad violated his own practice standards by not following safe medication administration protocol, he's also improperly delegated the administration of medication task to Larry. Another example I'll give you is about Mary. Mary is a registered nurse. She's working with Barb and LPN in caring for the patient, Joe. Joe has a peripheral IV line and is receiving non-medicated solution via the IV. Mary asks Barb to change the rate of flow on Joe's IV. Mary assumed that Barb has completed education and has documented competency in the limited scope of practice of IV therapy. However, Barb has not. Mary omitted the step of determining that the task was within Barb's scope of practice, education, experience, and competency. And it sounds like in addition to improperly delegating, could the nurse potentially also be accountable if something went wrong? Yes. The nurse retains accountability for the task and outcome in all events of delegation. Kathleen, we've had a good discussion about the delegation process in nursing practice. Do you have any closing thoughts or highlights regarding this topic? Following established processes and steps in nursing practice is the best way to avoid errors and to provide safe patient care. If solid habits of following the delegation process are developed, these good habits become second nature to the nurse. This also decreases the chance of patient harm or violating any of the Board of Nursing rules.
Delegation is a common aspect of nursing practice, and it is vital to get it correct. Kathleen, thank you for your time today and helping us navigate the intricacies of delegation. You're welcome. Thanks for the opportunity to speak today. You can find us on all major podcast platforms or reach us through our website at nursing.iowa.gov. For additional information on the Iowa Administrative Code, please reference our show notes.